Hey, welcome to a new another episode of Bigger and Better Podcast with your girl Brianna Betty. And y'all already know what's up. How about them cowboys with the greatest comeback that I have seen in I mean, I guess since the Super Bowl. Yeah, the greatest comeback since the Super Bowl, but I'm not a Patriots fan, so I'm just gonna say it's the greatest comeback. Coming back from 20-0 in the first quarter having three fumbles in the first quarter, going for fake punts and not getting them. Just literally the sky was falling and nobody had faith that we would come back. But I still had faith. I don't know why I had faith that we would come back. I even tweeted that we were going to come back and it's just the first quarter. Because even though everything, the shit had hit the fan and everything was going wrong, it was still four minutes left in the first quarter. So that's plenty of game left. I'm, I mean, I've watched enough football to know that plenty of game left. No, I did not know that it was going to come down to the last second field goal walk off. No, I did not know that at all. I figured that we would be able to come back in probably around third quarter, which we did. And it was a five point game. But I figured that Sooner or later, the Falcons were going to become complacent and just settle for, you know, you know how you become complacent. You start settling for field goals, which they kind of did. But at the same time, they kept putting their foots on our necks. So I don't know why people keep saying the cap. I mean, the Falcons blew it. I mean, I guess we're saying that because they didn't get the onside kick and that was just the deal breaker all in all. But I think it was just something that people had never seen before. Greg the Leg, shout out to Greg the Leg. We acquired him during free agency. And so far, that's showing to be one of our greatest pickups. Besides that, and CeeDee Lamb, of course, and um, also Diggs. Like, those are our greatest pickups. And Alden Smith, like, everybody that we picked up during the offseason, you can kind of tell where they have made an impact in the game. Um, so yeah, you guys know that it was a shitty start. I cannot even front. The start was horrible. Um, I believe it was mostly because it was a 12 o'clock time. And sometimes when you, you know, for a 12 o'clock time, you have to wake up early. Then you got to go to the, you're going to the stadium. People live far from the stadium. Then you go in there to warm up and get dressed. Like, so you're doing all of that early in the morning. I feel like Playing for the Cowboys, most of your games are during prime time, so you're having a lot of night games, a lot of afternoon games, not really that 12 o'clock slot, and I think that just threw everything off. I do want to say that shout out to all the fans that came there because they, I feel like they were the reason that the Cowboys was actually able to come back. Because the fans really, you know, as momentum starts to pick up, things started to change. After Zeke set that man down, I feel like everything just changed and people just people just started playing hard. Uh, yeah, we had some questionable calls and there's so much going on with the analytics. And it's like, do you listen to analytics or do you not? Why the hell did we go for a two-point conversion when it could have been an eight-point game and we wouldn't even have to kick an onside kick? We could have been going for the tie. But I guess it all worked out because then we went for the win instead of the tie. And I guess that's the beauty in analytics. And then then again, if it if the shit didn't work out, then we would have been saying the complete opposite. Like if it didn't work out, you guys would have been talking big trash, big trash. But it did because guess what, guys? I know you guys want to hear this, but they say that God is a Cowboys fan. 
I didn't say that. I did not say that. So don't get on me. But you know when they used to say that they leave the roof open so God can watch his favorite team play. Um. So yeah, that's that's what they say about Cowboys. <laughs> But yeah, guys, craziest comeback. Dak was throwing that thing 450 yards. He even ran for three touchdowns, even though those touchdowns were, you know, within a yard. But that is the same thing that we have been wanting him to do all last year. We would be right inside the goal line and they would never give him the option to run. It seems like this year he has more options to run or to make the calls himself. And speaking of making the calls himself, Word on the street is that y'all boy, Carson Wentz, that he's just out here making the going in the huddle, going to the line of scrimmage, changing the calls, even when the calls don't need to be changed. And that's leading to a lot of his sacks and interceptions. I mean, yes, Dak had a fumble in the Atlanta Falcons game. He was trying to do too much. You know how you just like don't want to just take the, just take the sack. I mean, I think he's learned that now. Just take the sack. But Carson Wentz, I saw he had at least one or two interceptions. It's like he's good for a turnover every game. Why? What is it? I know. See, I know if you guys have been following this podcast for the last three years, I have always been talking about this, that Dak's ceiling was higher than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz hit his peak way before Dak. Dak still has not even hit his peak. Dak was a fourth-round draft pick, went to Mississippi State. Maybe he didn't have his, you know. I mean, I guess Carson Wentz didn't really go to a big school either, and I don't know why I put all that pressure on him, but since all the people in the media crowned him their Andrew Luck or whatever because that's what they wanted him to be, they put that pressure on him. Just like Callan Coward May Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold is the next it thing. He's the next this, he's the next that. Doesn't look like it, does it? Same thing he said about Carson Wentz. So I would say be careful of who these people y'all are listening to. I mean, just use your own eyes. Anybody who was looking with their own eyes could see that Carson Wentz had hit his ceiling the year that y'all said he should have been the MVP. And he's also injury prone. And word on the street was that his teammates don't really like him. But that's none of my business because, like I said, are the Eagles still even a team? Doesn't seem like they're still a team because last I checked, they don't have any wins in the win column. So the Eagles played the Rams. And, I mean, did they play the Rams? At least our game came down to one pass. Now that I think about it, the last two games of the Cowboys have been crazy up. Offensive pass interference called that we could have had a walk-off field goal, could have won that, could have been 2-0. Meanwhile, the Eagles didn't even pinch, didn't even pinch the Rams, didn't even show up. Um, And I want people to know that, yeah, the Rams are going to be good this year. They have like a little, I don't know what they was having, like a little dispute or whatever. They was having like a lot of questions with Todd Gurley. And seems like since they got that out of the way that they're back on track. And it's a good thing that they're back on track because Arizona's breathing down their neck. Um, the only thing with Arizona's offense is it's just so dependent on one person. They don't have multiple weapons. Yes, you have Hopkins, but at any time that they come across a good defense that actually covers Hopkins, what's going to happen? And who will Kyler go to then? That's the question. 
I mean, everybody can't have three number one wide receivers, but let's just say this. Atlanta, no matter what y'all said about them, they had three wide, three number one wide receivers. They were out there with Ridley, Jones, and I forgot the other guy's name, but um, oh, and then they was doing the same with the tight end, but they had three number one wide receivers. The Rams kind of have three wide receivers. You see where I'm going with this. You need to have multiple threats, and I don't really see the Cardinals having that, but they are playing their ass off. Kyler Murray is swinging the ball everywhere. It seems like every time I turn around, it's a 50-yard pass to somebody, mostly Hopkins. But <laughs> it's, it'll be interesting to see. I know how the beginning of the season is. The people that are on top in the beginning of the season usually aren't on top at the end, so I don't even begin my hopes up. That's why I'm kind of glad that my team is, like, all over the place right now because it's not how you finish. I mean, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And that's always true. Um. So besides that, the game, other games that came on, Kansas City Chiefs went into overtime with the Chargers. Okay, so anybody who watched Hard Knocks could see, and we talked about this, that Herbert was going to be good. You could see it just in practice. Some things, I don't know, maybe... Um, maybe everybody doesn't pay attention to stuff like this, but sometimes you could just see the way he commanded the offense and he, he was just a natural born. You could just tell he was just natural born, like a Cali guy, just calm, cool. You could tell he's going to fit in perfectly. The Chargers probably be dangerous soon. They probably will, but he was able to step in, um, for Tyrod Taylor on late times, uh, cause Tyrod Taylor was having chest pains, which is like, in combination with everyone who's having injuries, it's so crazy. So many injuries, so many ACLs, um, so many Achilles. Like, it's just madness that um, either not having a preseason or just not having that offseason, not getting your body acclimated to playing football, how it's really impacted people. Uh, but some of the notable injuries are Saquon Barkley, Von Miller, Nick Bosa, Derwin James, Cortland Sutton, Anthony Barr, Bruce Irvin, Malik Hooker, Tavon Young, CJ Uzoma. Oh, I think I said that wrong. Marlon Mack, Gerald McCoy, Andre Diller, Zach Banner, and Grant Delpit. And I know I said that one wrong too. But that's just like few of the notable people that are out for the season, y'all. Not just for a couple weeks, the season. Lots of ACLs in there. I was saying I really wish somebody would come up with something, some kind of knee brace or something that can like protect your knees from ACL. Like there has to be something out there. Technology has come too far. Science has come too far for us not to be able to protect you know just that little bit that little bit of ligament you know um but we'll see this uh this year might come down to whoever stays healthy and covid free which is a good thing because they said out of all the tests that they've done that there were no positive covid cases on saturday so it seems like you know should everybody wants their check and everybody's staying their ass home and not going out, making sure they, you know, <laughs> that they're not out here catching it. Because if you do catch it, you could be out for two weeks. That could be two games. So, and you definitely don't want to put your team in jeopardy. Your whole team could be out. And I think this is going to play a part, major role as time continues to go on, you know. 
Um, they did say they have COVID testing where they can get it now, like within 15 minutes, which is crazy because now maybe they could start letting in fans and maybe the fans can get COVID tested before they get in there or something of that nature. But like I said, there's some teams that have fans. I saw the Cowboys have fans, the Jaguars, the Dolphins. Um, of course, you guys saw the Chiefs have fans. So that was just a couple of teams that have fans. And I feel like it did give those teams a little bit of home advantage. I mean, that's not cheating. And if it if y'all think that's cheating, then I don't care. <laughs> Jerry Jones was after his money. Let's just pray that everybody who went is actually safe and healthy and didn't have COVID. A few other games. So a recap, the Bengals and the Browns. So... Baker Mayfield did get his win, and I told you guys in my video podcast that, you know, I just wanted Burrow to get a win, but he didn't, but he did look good. I have high hopes for Burrow. They will be, um, I think they will be playing the Eagles next game, so with that said, that might be something that, (laughs) that might be something to look forward to. The Eagles might lose. We never know. I mean, we can never know with the Eagles. So that's something to look forward to, guys. Uh, also, the Bears beat the Giants. And this was just still came down to a one-score game. As I said, Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. And this makes things very sad for the Giants. Most of their offense ran through Saquon Barkley, um, especially with Jason Garrett's play calling and the things that he likes to do with running backs. It will be very interesting to see what the Giants will be able to do with no prominent receivers, no running back, and just, um, I don't know, Daniel Jones' second or third year quarterback. So let's pray for the Giants. They're going to need it. (laughs) Um, The Jaguars and Titans, the Jaguars are really fighting back. Like, they do not know that their owner wants them to tank, so they have really been playing their ass off. They almost came back to beat the Titans, but Ryan Tannehill is a whole new person. Which really explains, that means Adam Gase was really holding Ryan Tannehill back this whole time. Like, maybe Adam Gase is also holding the Jets back this whole time. Because right now, Ryan Tannehill is flourishing. As you guys know, they're 2-0. Buccaneers finally got their first win. I don't say, I don't know why I say finally. It's only the second week. But they did get their first win. Um, Tom Brady seems like he's just heating up him and Gronk. You know, they're just chugging up. They're just chugging along right now. I feel like maybe around the six to seven week uh, mark that they will be in the groove. And you guys will stop calling them old because some way, somehow, it's always comes back down to the, like, the knowledge and just knowing the game. And they always seem to figure that part out. The Broncos and the Steelers. The Steelers beat the Broncos. Broncos had to play with their backup quarterback because Drew Locke got hurt, and it said that he will be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, so during this time, it will be interesting to see um, if their backup quarterback can step up. Will they go sign somebody else? Or are they going to pick up somebody else, or they're just going to call it a season? Because like I said, they lost their wide receiver. They've lost their defensive um, guru and Vaughn. And now they're quarterback. So I don't know if they've given up, but it's a hard, it's a hard climb from here. And they're 0-2 starting now. Um, the 49ers and Jets. The 49ers may have taken the worst brunt of everything. They had Jimmy Garoppolo hurt. Um, Joy Bosa tore his ACL. They also had Thomas. He tore his ACL. 
And uh, the 49ers are just going through a lot. And like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. They feel like he might play next week. And they're probably going to need it. They need to stay on pace with their division. I feel bad because it's like they have that Super Bowl hangover curse, which happens to a lot of teams. So they need to stay on pace with their division. If not, it seems like the Cardinals may be passing them by with the Seahawks in the lead. Um, the Bills and the Dolphins, it's a lot of talk. It's a lot of talk around people liking the Bills and going saying that Josh Allen is just, you know, so good, which I think Josh Allen is good. I saw him play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. He did give us the business. We can't say he's not. He's fast. Um, he's a running quarterback. I like all of that. He was out there throwing for over 400 yards. I like that, too. He's just not consistent. He's not consistent, but they did give him um, a number one wide receiver, and maybe that's all he was missing. You got to surround your young quarterbacks with weapons. Like, how do you just give them, have them throwing the ball to just nobody? So, yes, they finally got him a good wide receiver, and they're seeing him flourish. But where we need to pump the brakes is people who are saying that he is a possible MVP candidate. Pump the brakes. They're saying that about Kyler Murray, too. Pump the brakes. And Russell Wilson, Maybe Russell Wilson. Okay, but it's only the second week. Why do we have to go MVP already when we have 14 more games to go? <laughs> Literally 14 more games to go. So, yeah, guys, pump the brakes on him being MVP. But they did pull off a win. And I want to say, like, their wins are against teams that are not good. So are we praising him for 417 passing yards against the Dolphins? Or because if we are, then we need to praise Dak. Exactly, exactly. Y'all don't want to do that. Um, the Colts beat the Vikings down. The Vikings are nothing now because they don't even have a wide receiver. Adam Thielen can't get open because he has nobody else to depend on. He was using digs before as like just somebody to take away the defense, and that's why he was wide open. But now he can't even get his own self open. I don't know what the Vikings were thinking. These people don't want to put up with other people's I guess their personalities because they feel like their personalities clash. But sometimes in business, you got to put up a, with a little to gain a lot. And that's what the Vikings should have did. They should have just shut the hell up and just put up with whatever he was doing because they've gone from an elite team to now an 0-2 team. They got beat by Phillip Rivers, which I call Phillip Rivers the turnover king, but maybe that's Jameis. But Phillip Rivers is a close, close behind. But anyways, they did win. They did have some key injuries too. They uh, they've already lost a running back, and then they lost um they lost Hooker as well. So I feel bad for the Colts, but they're in a not great division, so they'll be fine. It'll be between them and Houston, of course. Um, the Lions and the Packers. The Packers beat the Lions down. I, Aaron Rodgers is looking for revenge. After they did all that to Aaron Rodgers, he's on revenge mode. I'm I'm sad that I ever doubted you, Aaron. I'm so sorry, A-Rod. I mean, the Packers are my um Cowboys like kryptonite. And I don't know if it's because of McCarthy or Aaron Rodgers or both or whoever, but looks like Aaron Rodgers is looking for revenge. They're hands down better than the Lions, Vikings, and Bears. So they can go ahead and take the division now. The only thing is, are they going to be better than all the other NFC teams? Same thing with the Packers. They do not have enough weapons, but they do have a hell of a running back. They got Devontae Adams. 
but maybe they just need one or two more pieces. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Washington football team, I told y'all they had no offense. Yes, they have good defense, but they don't have a way that they can put up monster numbers against these other teams that are going to be putting up monster numbers. I don't care what anybody says about the, yeah, we're playing defense, defense, but this day and age, people are trying to put up as many points as possible. And if you can't put up as many points on the offense as possible, you're not going to be in any games. Gone are the days where it's 14-7, you know, gone are those times. Uh, so, yeah, the Washington football team got beat, which puts my Cowboys in first place. You in first place. You in first place. And then finally, guys, you guys did see the Patriots in the Seahawks game. Cam Newton came up one yard short. The Patriots played very well. For Julian Edelman, oh, Julian Edelman went crazy, y'all. Like, he went over 150 yards for catching, and he had never played like that with Tom Brady. So seems like they have, like, some special connection. But just like many other teams, the Patriots do not have enough. Little Julian Edelman is not going to be enough when it comes time for the playoffs. And we all know this. We know this. <laughs> we know this, and Patriots fans know it too. But it's time for them to go back to the closet where they began. No more, no more all this Patriots reign. Back, go back to the closet, to the evil stepkids. <laughs> but anyways, guys, that was the recap for week two. Um, I look forward to talking to you guys. I will be making a YouTube for my predictions for week three. Uh, Cowboys play the Seahawks. We have some other great matchups. Of course, we have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Ravens. That's a good matchup. So I will be able to talk about those. And I'm excited. I'm excited that we're COVID-free. Everybody's healthy. Or most people are healthy. Um, but everybody's COVID-free, healthy, and hopefully no more injuries. Because we want to see everybody playing at their absolute best. Um, and if you guys like this podcast, of course, listen on Apple Podcasts by just searching for Bigger and Better Podcasts. Search and look for me on YouTube under Brianna Betty. Also, look for me on Instagram and Twitter. Everything under my name, Brianna Betty. I love talking to you guys. Continue to send me feedback, and I'll talk to you guys next time.